What is going on, everyone? It is Rob and Johnny. Welcome to episode 28 of the MM Arcade podcast. We're sorry for missing last week. We apologize. We had a bit of a thing come up, but we're back. We're back now. We did. We did. Um, <laughs> the thing come up was that I, I couldn't do it early in the week. And then I went away to Cairns. So, <laughs> so uh, priorities. Yeah, no, I've been on vacation the last week just before the camp kicks off, uh, which is today. So watch my socials for for, for mm. the, the photo dump I'm going to hit you guys with. Cairns and Port oh, yeah. Douglas is an amazing, amazing place to be. There's so much to do. It's hot as hell up there, lots of swimming, lots of activities. Nice. The kids frost on it. We stayed at the Pullman's, which was absolutely sensational. I had like a, had like a full house there. It was unbelievable. So shout out to the, the Pullman's for, for looking after us up there. And no, it was amazing. Nice. Can't recommend it enough. You know, I think – I think we as Australians, right, I think mm. we fall into wanting to leave Australia like on holiday too quickly. <laughs> we do. <laughs> too quickly. It's like we want to go on vacation. Where are we going? Oh, let's go to America. Let's go to Europe. Let's do, you know what I mean? There is so much to do here. What do you reckon? Dude, well, yes, I agree. But it's also funny when you – every overseas trip that I've ever been on, if I do like a tour or just go to any city – Australians are everywhere. We are absolutely, we're like cockroaches <laughs> yeah. infesting the rest yeah, of the man. world. You can't walk two meters without hearing an Aussie accent because we are we can understand our own, right? Very, very clearly. So I agree. Like, even if it's just New Zealand, I understand that's still overseas, but New Zealand's still really nice. rest of Australia has a lot to offer. I agree. But it's just like when you want to go on a holiday, I get the itch to go overseas. That's, that's my feeling. Mm. Um, I, I, I guess there is something to like, completely separating, you know, leaving your norms, which like helps you get away from that work feeling-ish. And it's funny you talk about the Australian accent because like when I'm away, (laughs) I slowly start to get sick of foreign accents or wherever (laughs) I am there. And then I hear an Australian accent somewhere, somewhere you always hear it. You hear one word go, where you want to go? (laughs) And like like my, my, my radar just goes off and like, oh, it's like a sanctuary, you know what I mean? I'm like, talk some more, bro. I need it. I've missed you. <laughs> I miss home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. no, that's uh, sorry, guys, for last week, but we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. And before we jump into the first topic, we do, do want to give a big shout out. There was uh, a conversation I was having with someone in the comments the other week asking, what are some other ways that you can support the podcast? And obviously, every time you watch one of our episodes, like, subscribe if you are new. That is immense. It really does help the podcast. But what we've done as well, in addition, as an optional thing, is open up memberships on the channel. So next to our YouTube name and the subscribe button is a little join button. If you want to join for a few little extra perks, we're not locking any extra content behind the memberships, but like shout outs in videos, priority reply to, to comments whenever you do comment on videos. If you want to, if you have the ability to, we'd really appreciate it if you joined as a member. Um, but if you can't, don't stress, it's completely optional. And as I said, we're not locking videos or episodes behind it. And yeah, it's exactly as Johnny said. It isn't a money grab. We, we were literally just reading the comments and people uh, asking yeah. how can they support the channel. And that's literally all it is. You will know when I need money. <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to cram it down your throats, right? So you will know, but this is this is just a, a cool little membership, you know, to um yeah yeah for for you guys to to, to put some coins in the coffee box. Hundred percent, and you get the little MM Arcade logo next to your username, and you can use the emote as well. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. If you can, please, please uh, become a member. But if not, don't stress. Liking and subscribing is awesome. Um, we are. We are looking to add a lot more mm. around the membership eventually when, yeah. when we do want to launch. A, a big a big part of um, you know, a big big direction for me and Johnny at the moment is just about building up the episodes, building our synergy and our format with the episodes and just really filling in the space and filling in the comfort. Mm. And just you know, just enjoying it for now, so that we can build a, f- uh, a foundation, yeah, as as a podcast and with you guys as a fan base. So that that is mm. that is our first and foremost priority, as like in the direction of that what we're moving on. But we will be moving on to bigger and brighter things, right? Hundred percent. Twenty twenty four is going to be a big year for for big several year. reasons. So first up, let's talk about the main event: Benil Dariush against Armand Sarukian. 
This was meant to be a, a five-round main event, but obviously it got stopped very, very short in the first round. Sarukian knocks out Dariush. Rob, you just watched it. What did you think of that fight? Mate, oh, it's upsetting. Okay, because I'm a, I'm a fan of Dariush. I like the way he conducts himself. I like the way he conducted himself when he started getting a bit of popularity, when he started going on a bit of a tear. Yeah. And I, obviously, I, I backed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hoping that Oliveira loss was just a one-off. You know, we people have nights. He started really slow against Oliveira, and it, it didn't look like, you know, the Darius we saw in that Gamrot fight. Yeah. You know, next scene, Sarukin just dismantles him. He does. Mm-hmm. Darius just was winging his shots. He looked like he was really slow. He was closing that gap with no, no feints, no setups, yeah. and there was no second phase to his attack. And mm. Sarukin took advantage every in he took advantage of every space between shots, and yeah. that's how we saw him close that gap. And I thought it was a knee. You were telling me after the fact that it's, it it wasn't the knee that actually landed, yeah. but you know wrapping the fight up then and there. It's uh, mate. Is what can you say? I, I don't want I don't want this to sound like a pity party for Dariush, mm. but because obviously Sarukin is that good. Yeah. But I don't know. It makes you. It makes you. Makes you reconsider some things. You know what I mean. That, what do you yeah. reckon? So there is obviously two aspects to it. It is Benil Dariush. Why isn't he the same um, as before? Why isn't he the same fighter as the one that fought Gamera, as the one that fought Ferguson? That's one s- subject. Let's talk about how good Sarukin w- is or was, because I know some people are going to think that we're just kind of <clears throat> glancing over the fact of how good yeah. he is. He is yeah. he is an Please incredible fighter. <laughs> he he is, is the next big thing in that division. I like if you were to put him back in in, in a rematch with Maka, uh, Makachev, I don't think anyone could actually complain against that, right? Yeah, technically maybe he should fight Gaethje first, but if he was to go straight up against Islam, I think that's actually a really, really good fight. I think he's definitely proved himself. Problem is that with that division, there are so many killers and so many different people that yeah. have already proven themselves that they're in the line, right? So that there is a bit of a pecking order there. But that I knockout, disagree, but <laughs> I know let, let, we'll, we'll talk about it. But that knockout was insane. Like as as we said, it wasn't the knee. The knee kind of glanced off and barely touched him, but somehow he was able to generate that level of power on one leg and kind of like already off balance a little bit, and then he knocked him out. It was brutal. I don't know how the hell he he did that. And many people, like um, maybe like yourself, thought it was the knee initially, but how do you generate that power on one leg? I have no idea. He's a beast, bro. Sarukin is. I cannot wait to see his next fight. Honestly, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, like I think this fight, you know, threw up a couple of questions. I don't think we see him fight Makachev. I disagree. Oh, I would love to see him oh, fight Makachev now. I think you, it's perfect. No, you well, you should look at the the rankings, dude. The top five to the rest of the division is crazy. I agree. Like it's yeah, like, I and, agree. And obviously with um Chandler fighting McGregor, like McGregor's oh, going to be back in the mix Chandler. soon too, dude. Yeah. No, but he's a killer. He is. I he's agree. Good at, he, good at yeah. his crafted. So you got let's say let's say Chandler. You know, hi- hypothetically, there's McGregor, there's Poirier, there's Gaethje, mm. there's you know, um, what is that? Olivia. Um, Olivera. <laughs> Olivera. <laughs> I wanted to say Olivier. <laughs> Olivera. It's a cool Olivera. name. Yeah. Too many names, dude. But um, <laughs> and then Makachev himself, right? Yeah. It's uh, yeah, that's that's killer's row. That is crazy. That I, level I, of competition. I, I agree. I'm not. Um, I'm not and, actually suggesting that that's the yeah. fight that should happen next, right? I mean, like, yeah, Oliveira well, deserves a lot of Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. It's just that it was a super impressive showing. But yeah. I guess that asks the question. I ask you the question, mate. Maybe, maybe Dariush is. I don't know. Maybe the level of competition, you know, he, the fights are just harder now, you know. Because you say he I beat Ferguson. Ferguson, he beat Ferguson when yeah, after the fact we after, can clearly see Ferg, Ferguson yeah. was on a slide. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, there's another four losses after that now, you're right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so oh, it's not the same Ferguson that we saw 10 years ago. For sure. And then he, he did beat Gamrot. And mm-hmm. I, I do think that was the best showing of Dariush we've seen yet. Yeah. But again, that's – he, Gamrod isn't in that f- top five killers row. Like, he's not a Poirier. No. He's not a Gaethje. 
it's they're they're two very different animals. I don't know. I don't know. It makes you question things. I'm still a big fan of his, and obviously yeah. I've jumped on the bandwagon of Saruki now because he's a weapon. But, <laughs> you know, I I feel like this fight threw a lot of questions as well. Like honestly, push him to the moon. That's that's why I'm so pumped for him. And he's like he's talking a little bit of shit as well. Like he's he's trying to at least hype up the next fight and and, and sell mm. some pay per views. I really like him. I I I think he's got his head head, head screwed on right. But yeah, if we were going to do this properly, of course, of course, Gaethje or I, I wouldn't say Poirier because he said some interesting things, I reckon, about Poirier that he's had, I, now, I, he was a bit too brash about it, but he was like, he's had his chances, like it's, it's time to fight someone else. He's like, either if I don't get the title shot, I fight Gaethje. I agree, Gaethje's mm. probably the better fight and it would be such a good fight. Could you imagine? Yeah. Gaethje against Saruki, and that would be insane, yeah. bro. And then, yeah, yeah, he absolutely would have deserved, you know, his fight against uh, against Makachev, um, uh, if he was to beat Gaethje. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just, I'm laughing because like <laughs> Gaethje's so entertaining, dude. I'd He's watch so him good. fight in a punching bag, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy, the guy, the guy's just—he's there for violence, man. I want to see him fight anyone. I want to see him fight so himself. Hard. It's so yeah, great, man. bro. But I, I wanted to say you you were talking about Chandler and and and, and McGregor, right? Mm-hmm. Look, I would hate it, and I know how much of a pay per view draw is. He's like out of the top telling, ten selling pay per views in UFC history. He's an eight of them, ridiculous draw. But I would still hate it if he was shot back up to title contention if he beat Chandler because that just doesn't work, right? And if anything, it might not be a bad idea to have him fight Poirier again. That would actually be interesting, but yeah. I would like to see Sarukian ahead of McGregor, ahead of Chandler, no matter what happens in that fight. Yeah, have him fight either Poirier or Gaethje next, and then mm. for sure after that, if he wins, he fights Makhachev, and then I still think Oliveira should fight Islam um, for the next fight. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I agree with a lot of things, and I do think it would be unfair. You know, all the yeah. boys what digging ditches, trying to work their their way up to yeah. that to that title contention and then McGregor just skips cues because of what he's done. Yeah. But you know, obviously this highlights a part like this highlights some news we're going to talk about later with John Jones. So yeah. let's not get into it too much. But I don't know. I don't know. UFC it's it's not I don't know. I read something that is it's not just a sport anymore, right? It's a yeah. it's, it's it's part of entertainment as well now and I mm. think because of that reason, I don't know. Things are changing, man. Things are changing. Things I mean, are changing. This is the this That's, is the thing, bro. You know, like yeah. if if you put Sarukian, because this has got to go through Dana's mind and, and through the selector's mind. If you if you put Sarukian against Gaethje, there is a very good chance he loses, right? Because that would be by far the hardest fight that that he's had to date. And there is a very good chance that if he does lose. You'll never get that rematch against Makachev. There, there is an inbuilt story there. Sarukian comes in on like three weeks' notice. It was his first fight in the UFC. He does incredibly well against Islam. Falls short in the end. For him to work his way back up the ranks, fight him again, and then hypothetically he becomes a new champion. There, there is a good inbuilt story there. And does yeah. Dana want to lose that by having him fight Gaethje? If, you, if we're going down the path that the yeah, UFC is not are, about... That is a very good story. Do you know and what I mean? UFC do love stories. That's, that's it, it would look great in a highlight reel. It'd look it, great in it, a little it documentary. Would, it would. It would. I've, I've convinced you, haven't I? <laughs> you have. You have. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm on the bandwagon now. I want him to fight Makachev. Let's go. Next fight, Saruki yeah. Makachev. I'm, I'm in, dude. I'm in. I, everyone loves a comeback story. 100%. So let's see what happens. Yeah. And, and obviously, yeah. Dariush, I think that he goes back down. I mean, what was I saying? I think it was uh, close. Wants another fight against uh, D- uh, Dariush as their rematch. I think that's a decent decent shot for him. But I don't think he's going to go back into the top five title contention mm. like space anytime soon, if at all. This might be the actual eventual da- uh, decline of Dariush, and that makes me so sad because he's such a stand up dude. He's only a year older than me, dude. I, I think, know. I, th- I I think he can certainly go back to the gym, yeah. and be like, "All right, started slow for the last two fights. Mm. Let's work on that." I think there are differently angles to work. He's he's in the prime of his career right now. I don't think, I don't think him accepting a slide right now is the way to go. But you know, I, all the best with his comeback. Yeah, I I think if he does get a rematch against Close. 
say he wins that, then that would slightly put him back up the card. And then maybe he fights Chandler if, or McGregor, whoever loses from that fight. And then he's back in, in, in territory there. But we'll see yeah. what, what happens with him. I hope that he does get his rise back. Yeah, I, although I think McGregor's a terrible matchup for him. He's <laughs> a terrible matchup, especially now. Doesn't, especially, do, yeah. doesn't do well against two that can strike fast, rangey yeah. shots. Uh, yeah, let's not, let's not talk about that. That's the hypothetical <laughs> fights. We'll be here all night. Next up, let's talk about Jalen Turner against Bobby Green. Bobby Green, I love seeing this dude. I love his energy. Love watching him fight. But unfortunately, he's, he falls short to Jalen Turner, who he was on fighting on 10 days notice, did a brutal weight cut. And there's two stories coming from this. Obviously, how well Jalen Turner did, uh, you know, 10 days uh, notice. But that late stoppage, bro, was horrible. <laughs> that was gnarly. Horrible. Was what, what were your thoughts gnarly. on it? Well, I thought... The fight was funny, mm. right? Because obviously Turner, you know, yeah, again, 10, 10 days notice, Turner turning up, looked sensational. He made yeah. the weight and he looked good on the night. You know, mm. hats off and props to him because not only was it short notice, not only did he take the fight, but he did win the fight, but he looked good doing it. It wasn't like yep. a one-shot trick sort of thing. He looked good, right? But Bobby Green, oh, he's – he was fighting well-ish, I want to say, because he, he was Ish. fighting how Bobby Green fights. Yeah. He, he had his hands down. He was moving well, very unorthodox, kind of bringing Turner onto his shots and then coming in for powerful counter-strikes mm. from weird angles. But then you saw him start to slowly get caught leaving, leaving that space with, mm. with um, Jalen's rangy punches. And... Mm. Yeah, it just, I don't know, with his hands so low and the way he was, he, he was showboating too, but he likes to showboat. It's not, this isn't anything new. Yeah. But it was just dangerous because Turner's obviously got the range and height advantage on him. Yeah. And you could see him start slow, as the round progressed, slowly start to land shots, especially with Green leaving the pocket, leaving the shots. After he landed significant, like a, a decent shot, he would start to get caught on the way out because his hands were low. And he leads, he leads uh, a lot with his top body before his legs. Mm. So he moves his head back, he leans back, then moves his legs. And again, Jalen's got long arms, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I just feel it's, it's hard to not talk about the actual fight and how well Jalen did, especially with the way that it ended. Mm. Um, I mean, Jalen did... He, he did exactly what he needed to do. He kept fighting. He kept punching until the ref called it, right? Um, and I feel I do feel really bad for Bobby Green. <laughs> but this is such a good result for Jalen Turner, right? Oh, in the yeah. eyes of the UFC, in the eyes of Dana, to do this on 10 days notice to not necessarily save the card because this card had so many other good fights on it, right? But he still did the UFC a favor and had such a good showing. This this puts him right. Oh, I I I, I don't know who he would fight next, but I, I'm just really really happy for Turner and not so happy for for Green. Yeah, definitely. He um he kind of scrubbed the last loss against Hooker. Yeah, clean yeah. with this fight. So yeah, yeah. Props to him again. Like short notice, <laughs> mm -hmm. but let's talk. I I chuckle because it's crazy. I <laughs> let's talk about that that late stoppage. <laughs> Dude, Bro, what the, the ref, hell? The, what the, the ref hell? was like. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the, the Mortal Kombat announcer. That's what he was doing. Finish yeah, him. Yeah, man. Like, what the hell? Bobby, Bobby Green was face down, hands on his head, dude. And the ref just let it go. But maybe you could look at it at like the ref, <laughs> the ref wanted Bobby Green out of there permanently, right? <laughs> or, or he had such, for like such fanatical faith in Bobby Green that I was like, nah, he'll come back. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, don't nah, know. he'll come I back. I don't know what he was He's thinking. Good. He's good still. He's good still. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> that was nuts. That was nuts. Oh, it was, it was yeah. insane. I don't know what he was looking but, for. Like sometimes in those situations, you see the fighter move around trying to get up, whatever. Green was out. There, there, there was nothing well, to it. Well, maybe no, we he did. 
He did have his hands on his head. He had his head, you know, he was kind of shuffling around. Kind <laughs> of, but even, Rob, even after first. he was face down, temp, like forehead on canvas, and his arms were like drooped by his side, Tur- Turner still got like three shots in before he called it. It was horrible. Yeah. It True. was so True. bad. He was, I don't know he what was he was limp doing. And he was still dead. Hit him another three times. Like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> we he, shouldn't laugh, dude. I like, know we shouldn't. I laugh. feel like I, I feel like I can laugh because like I got I roll those dice every time I get in there, dude. Right? <laughs> I'm laughing because you're laughing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and the ref, like I said, dude, the ref was like. Oh, one green out of there, dude. Or, or, or he thought he could come back at some point. <laughs> he legit took years oh. off of his career, if not his oh. life. Like well, it was stupid. And I thought that was interesting. I thought I, I always think Green's interesting in general because he's thirty-seven, dude. Like he's mm. not thirty-seven. Is like just past your prime, right? He's just leaving his prime era, and he's mm. kind of finding himself, and he's still on the winning circuit for the majority a lot of the time. So, yeah, but certainly that's gonna that's gonna leave a mark, right? Yeah, but, mm, hopefully he, he he does recover from it. But let's move on to one that I was very excited to see, and I, I really want to go on a bit of a rant about it. But Rob Font against Figueredo, Figgy mm-hmm. has moved up in weight. Rob, what did you think of of Figgy in this fight? Well, I. Uh... I did a uni that video, right? And uh, this was just mm. on the go in the car. No, out, mm. on my holiday. And I did a little bit of – I looked into what Figueredo was doing for the fight and I saw that he's been training with Cejudo. Mm-hmm. And then I remember Font's loss against Sanhagen, who was yep. just controlled the whole time. And, you know, the, the pieces of the puzzle came together. I'm not Sherlock <laughs> – <laughs> but I could see, I could see a winning formula starting mm. to form up, and I guess like, mate, Figueroa in the first round came out mm. looking fighting like Cejudo, <laughs> like yeah. like arms out, chest back, head back, same same fight style, same fight ammo. Yeah, what I was surprised about, right, is that people, I know that Figgy was moving up in weight. I know that he was fighting in a different weight class and he's just been through a war with Moreno. People had Font as the favorite. I actually believed he was the bookie's favorite by, it wasn't too much, but he was short odds to win. People didn't think Figgy would be able to bulk up enough, didn't, wouldn't be able to deal with Rob Font's size. And he just proved everyone wrong. Like, did we just forget how good Figgy really is? Even though he's fighting out of his weight class, how powerful was he? He was... Yeah. Incredible man, blew everyone definitely, away. I'm so proud definitely. of him. He um, he definitely set a pace. He he made a statement with those takedowns. Okay, yeah. he he shot him early, and he, and he shot a lot of them, and he s- succeeded in getting Fonts bummed to the mat. Yeah, and that kind of set a precedence for every time Figueroa would move in closely. You saw Font would freeze for like half a millisecond, mm-hmm. and then. Figueroa would start to load up. I was very curious to see how, because Figueroa is a super explosive guy. We've seen in yeah. his fights. He, he usually is very explosive. He's put a lot of guys out quickly because of it. You see in those longer drawn out fights, he starts to slow down a little because of he's so explosive, but he's got whack in his punches and his punches deserve respect in all these yeah. fights. Yeah. And we, I, I was curious to see how that would translate with him shooting so much. And we saw much of the same thing. Is mm. It was interesting to see because he he got the shots. So explosive shots, got the shots. Font got back up. Figueroa slowed down a microsecond mm. after those shots. He started slowing a little bit, but not enough to take any of the whack out of his punches because, as you said, he was landing shots and hurting Font. He he demanded yeah. so much respect from Font that Font had a really hard time closing that gap, trying to get into his punching range. And I think Figgy has proven that he very much belongs in this in this division. I yeah, he he still might struggle <clears throat> against some of the bigger guys, but I I just cannot wait to see who he fights next, what his next next fight is like. If Mm. if, if you were to put him up against anyone, it would probably be against Jan. I think that's a really good matchup for him next. But he's now... Oh, it'd be so good. And Jan needs a win, so I think it's a good matchup. But he's now eight in bantamweight, um, obviously just ahead of of Font now. So who do you think he should fight next? Um, 
Oh, one thing you said then, you said he might struggle. I don't think he's going to struggle with size at all. This was his first fight at Benham. And, dude, he looked almost yeah. bigger on, in some some light angles. <laughs> he looked he was shredded still. Fun, I, 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 he, was, <laughs> he was still massive. And as someone yeah. who moved up a weight division, it takes a few fights for it to sit in. Like you need, mm. you need a few camps to really let the weight and the muscles grow and to, mm. to develop like that. Okay? So he, he will – fall into his into his weight division, I reckon. Mm-hmm. But in terms of fighting, you're like, oh my goodness. Jan Jan would be cool, but I it depends what we're trying to do. We we trying to <laughs> we trying to watch two dudes just kill each other because that's the <laughs> fight that'll do it. Like Jan and him will just smack the hell out of each other. I would, yeah. would love to see how Figgy goes up against Jan's box wrestling, like how how Mm. He goes against like a guy because you saw in the Moreno fights when Moreno in- implemented some takedowns, it kind of didn't didn't uh, it, it added another layer to to the fight that Figgy had to deal with, right? And I think Figgy does much better as the aggressor, as the one dictating where the fight's going and what's happening. Mm. Mm. Look, I, if, I if, yeah, if if I was to put my money on it, like I'm looking at the rating uh, rankings now, um, like Yodong obviously, um. Oh. I'm gonna say Jan. I'm just gonna say Jan. I, I think that's yeah, the best match. I want to say bloodbath. Let's go, boys. <laughs> but also, as I was saying, Jan kind of needs a win. Like circumstances aside from from some of his losses, like he's had losses on his record. I think Figgy is still needs to win a few more fights before we talk about him being in contention in that division. <laughs> Jan's a great fight for him. I love how you say. Yarn needs a win, and then you give him Figgy. <laughs> dude. But it's a good fight. It's a, what, hold on. No, I know. I agree. That's not giving him a win, dude. That's giving him like one of the hardest fights he'll have to have. Well, who else would you put Yarn up against? Because Yarn, like the thing is, Figgy, this is still his second fight in a, in a division up. As you mentioned, it takes a few camps mm-hmm. to have that weight settle in, and he says he's ready to fight in three months. So and you want to give him, and you want to give him Yarn. <laughs> Well, look, it's you wanna, who, who do you think who's better off in this fight? Do you reckon Figgy's well, gonna? Who do you reckon? Yeah. Well, the thing is, oh, I'm curious. I, I think Yarn, you know, top of my head, off the cuff. Mm. This isn't a breakdown video, but I'd go Yarn because I think Yarn's okay. output, consistent output, would slowly catch up to Figgy. We've seen that in the Marina fights. Consistent yeah. output kind of catches up to him, mm. but maybe that's different in the, the bigger weight division. I don't know, but. When you put Yarn and Figgy up against each other, someone's story is going to take an obstacle right then. It's going to take a little bit of a mm. hit. If Yarn takes another loss, which would suck because I'm a, I'm a fan yeah. of Yarn. I'm, I'm bandwagon Yarn. I love it. So, but, so who, who oh, would he fight then? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Give him a throwaway. <laughs> Give him a throwaway. There. Throwaway in the UFC as, as if there are. I don't know. I don't know. I'm well, happy for him though and I'm happy to see him stay as a big boy. You know what? bigger. You know what? Here's, here's a better fight. Like, if, if you want to give Jan someone else as a kind of a leg up fight, um, maybe you have. Is Corey Sanhagen around? That might be a good fight for Figgy. You want to give him Sanhagen? I mean, like, but I'm looking at the rankings, like, everyone above him. Like, let's, let's, let's move on before you dude, kill the dude. Let's go. No, 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 no. no. This, is, this is the problem, though, because, like, Song Yudong is about to fight, right? Uh, this weekend. And so you can't really have him fight that, uh, fight him. Vera is is about to have his fight against O'Malley. Yep. Then you have Jan, and then you have Sanhagen. He's not going to fight Cejudo because you said that they're training together, they're friends or whatever. Maybe Marab? I don't know what the hell Marab is doing, and Sterling's moving up in weight. So it's a tricky division to, to call fights for. At the yeah, yeah M- Marab. I think Marab would be a good fit, really good fit. Marab's – Yeah. Man, Marab's an animal, but, <laughs> but Marab's a harder fight, I would I'll, say. I'll, I'll put him. I'll put him up against Marab to take Marab. <laughs> I don't know, dude. This is why we're not matchmakers. Let's go. That's great. <laughs> and the final fight that we have to talk about is Sean Brady against Kelvin Gastelum. This was complete dominance from Brady. Rob, what do you think about Kelvin's performance, mate? I don't know. He he. As you said, complete dominance. Sean just kind of just manhandled him. You can attest to that. He just, I don't know. I don't know. Kelvin, let's remember Kelvin when he first started 
you know, storming through the welterweight division. He was putting people away yeah. left and right. He was, yeah, he was the next big thing, mm-hmm. you know, and – Mate, I don't, I don't know. He, he went to middleweight. He missed, he missed weight a couple of times. He had some losses. Moved to middleweight. Had some good wins. Mm. Then had some losses. And now he's been on a bit of a skid. He had one win, and then now he moved back to welterweight. I don't know if the welterweight move was a good idea for him. I agree. I don't know. It's, <clears throat> it's hard to say after one fight. I, I can't imagine how hard it would have been, going from a middleweight and training as a middleweight and fighting as a middleweight yeah. and then going down to welterweight. The idea of me going back down the welterweight mm. is preposterous. <laughs> like there is like there is no way, no way I would do it yeah. or make it. It just wouldn't happen. So I can imagine him, you know, really having to starve himself mm. and and not do weights to try and keep the muscle up, try to lose some of that. Like it would have taken a lot of work to get back down to the weight limit so maybe that was the one of the reasons why we saw such a no i guess a poor showing Mm. the interesting thing Mm. was that afterwards sean did a interview where he said that i was surprised by the lack of strength and power in in very very similar words to that but he was surprised as Mm. to how essentially weak kelvin was and there's no doubt that's because Mm. of of the weight drop that's no doubt because yeah like when when you how how many years was he in middle middleweight like he was there for a, for a good period there right and he moved up for yeah, a reason like like what five or six five or, five or six right so to go back down to to, to welterweight it had to affect him and i i was saying to you before we started recording sean brady just looked huge compared to kelvin like kelvin is built yeah, in such a kelvin's sp- defense yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and kelvin just i know he's built he's going to Interesting body. He's built in a, in, in a different way. But Sean just looked so much bigger and was ragdolling him mm. that whole fight. I I kind of felt bad for the guy. Yeah, it's – Sean did look huge. Yeah. But Sean, Sean Brady, is, is, he's a good grappler. That's what he does. He likes grappling. He likes yep. wrestling. He gets in there, kind of just wears you out, makes it a dog fight. Mm-hmm. And he did that to Kelvin. He took him in the deep waters and Kelvin had no answer for it. Yeah. I can only attest it to 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 attribute it to the um the weight cut. Like, yeah. I, like I said, I can't imagine what it'll be like going from middleweight to welterweight. The idea for me to do it not happening. Fair. And he did it, you know. So yeah, mate. I don't know. I don't know what he does from here because, like, if it was a weight cut thing, it's going to be hell from now till the next fight. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because yeah, yeah. He can't just go back and put it on size. He's mm. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. You, when you see guys fighters go down a division, it generally doesn't end well. Mm. I and I guess on the flip side, talking about Sean Brady, it is good to see him win. Um, he obviously lost against Bilal, Bilal previously after being what was he fifteen and zero until he lost to Bilal, yeah. something like that. Um, and whether you're not considered that a shock or not, like it depends on your opinion of Bilal. But good to see him back in winning ways. Keen to see who mm-hmm. is, who's his fighter against next is. Oh, I completely butchered that, didn't I? For for those of you that just need a little bit of background, this is like our third or fourth recording. We're stitching them all together because we keep having tech issues. <laughs> so we're all fragmented right now. <laughs> yeah, we're a little frazzled. Okay, I've had technical difficulties the entire night. The entire night we've had a stop, start, stop, start. I yeah. froze there. I probably freeze during this recording. We found out a little hack. We did you know, an hour into recording so hopefully it works so when you see me freeze i'm going to try and fix that straight away but you'll see we are getting through it okay obviously the holiday mode affected us that one episode missed it mucked up our screwed up everything our role we had our role dude so now we're going to have to find our feeding it uh feet again yeah and and kick on you know this is this is that episode (laughs) It, it it is that episode, but hopefully Rob can can eventually one day get that new computer. And but yeah, you might you might see his camera freeze budget and then cuts, he'll swap. Dude. It is budget cuts. Become a member of the MM Arcade podcast. Yes, Rob can get a new might have to might have to fast fast track that membership. I was talking about it in the beginning. You know, and that was like a different episode at this point. It was like it was. I was talking about I was talking about the memberships at the beginning. 
beginning, but that was four episodes ago. <laughs> I don't know. We'll I see. love how we'll we're see. like, it's optional, and now, fuck, Rob, yeah. we didn't need a computer. <laughs> I, might, I might need it, dude. I might need those subs, man. I need those members. But, yeah, let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to work something out. <laughs> uh, go find me for Rob. Anyways, that was yeah. Sean Brady and Kelvin Gastelum. That was UFC Fight Night. Pretty great fight night. I, I overall really, really enjoyed it. Was. it. Um, it was. Especially because, like, as a quick little throwaway, do you see those two knockouts where they got both got power bombed? That was friggin' awesome. What a fight. Mate, it's, it's like a trend at the moment, that, isn't it? It was two in a row. You don't see one for years, and then you see two yeah, in a row well, on the same card. It's insane. One of the guys that did it, that's his second one in a row, I'm pretty sure. Like, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Dude's good at it. Ah, oh, man, I, I, I really enjoyed that. But. That was the UFC fight night. Uh, quickly, we do have a fight night this weekend. Song Yudong is versus Chris Gutierrez. That's going to be an interesting one. We'll have our prediction, our recap for that next week after after it happens. Um, but moving on, we've got some UFC news that we wanted to talk about. First up, <laughs> Rob, continuing drama in the heavyweight division. We talked about this in a previous episode, but there's mm. been a lot of calls for John Jones after his injury. After you know him being delayed and fighting Stipe and all that nonsense, there's been a bit of a call, especially from Aspinall, for him to be stripped of the title or to vacate the title voluntarily so the heavyweight uh, division can move on. Now, he did a big tweet that was pretty much... I'm not going to read the full thing. You can see it on his Twitter. But he was pretty mm-hmm. much like, look, I fought the toughest competition, got a major injury, and now I'm getting people to re- you know requesting me to strip my title. They have zero wins over legends, zero titled events. What the hell is this? Um, he made some decent points in there. And then funnily enough, Tom Aspinall just quote tweeted him saying, you're right, sorry, John. Just kind of caved in to, to John's tweet. Mm. What, what do you think about this whole situation, Rob? I think... This was the talk we had the week before. Yeah. This was our this was exactly what we said. We're like, if you wanna if you wanna move the division along, you have to strip John to keep things flowing. Yeah. But how do you strip John? You can't. Mm. Like he is a legend of the game, probably the best mixed martial artist to have ever lived. Yeah. And he's done amazing, amazing things for the sport, for the divisions. As an athlete, he's yeah, sensational. And like that's the only way you can respond to that tweet he put up. Like, like he's got a point. Yeah. Like that that was our exact argument. That was a, our exact argument. Mm. So what you do is I don't know. I don't know what you do. I'm glad I'm not the one who has to make a decision because <laughs> you can't strip John, but you can't freeze the division for another eight months. Or yeah. can you? It's know. one of those weird things where both parties are right like both yep. arguments are actually 100 percent correct yep and yep. there is no correct answer either way you're going to be pissing someone off and you can't always make everyone happy yeah. especially with a decision like this but well, it's I, just going to be weird to see aspinall defending an interim belt because you want him yeah, to fight it's just a, it's silly it doesn't make sense i don't know yeah, no that that's what I was gonna say. Like that's what we're gonna see. We're gonna see a we're gonna see a defending interim title contender. So weird. That's that. Do you know what this feels like, bro? <laughs> Genuinely, it just feels like WWE at the moment. Because then there's gonna be a unification match and both of them are gonna come with their belts. Ah. Yep. yep. Maybe, yep. maybe, Rob. Can you can you drop the name interim from Aspinall's title? And then have a true unification, like the WWE does it. Could that be cool? I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to think I'm, of something. I'm, I'm for that. It's like the it's like the return of the king. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. It's, yeah, have them both I, with their belts. This is this is CM Punk against John Cena. I don't know. I think be if cool. John Jones is there, I'm watching it no matter what. Anyway, everyone yeah. else is too. Yeah, like, that's just that. Yeah. So let's see what uh, happens with that. But next up, we're talking about Alexander Volkanovsky against Ilya Tapuria. So there's been a lot of talk. Like Volk has been doing, um, to his credit, a fair few podcasts in the past week. Seems like he's back at full camp. Tapuria has been doing some stuff. He's been saying a lot of stuff. He uploaded this weird video with a rose. I can't remember it. That was like a week ago that I watched it. Um, Volk pretty much came back and he said, look, he needs Tapuria, that is, a bit of an embarrassment, snap things into gear. Maybe one day he can become a great champion, but he's going to teach Ilya Tapuria a lesson. He's going to embarrass him. Rob, what do you, what do you think about what Volk is saying? 
Mate, it's hard to say. I didn't see I didn't see the Tapura Via with the rose. <laughs> I I barely remember it. I was like, what the hell is this? And I shut it off. <laughs> um yeah, sometimes trash talking just gets a bit how you going. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. I think that is going to be a fight, regardless of what Volk says. Obviously, Volk's experience, he is probably one of the better what the best champ of that division, that division yeah. has seen. Yeah. And Easily, like, Tapuria needs to show some respect, mm. you know. But in saying that, again, I said it before, is the UFC is very entertainment-based nowadays and times are changing. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But Tapuria's going to have his hands full if Volk comes on, if we see Volk of old, yeah. right, if he bounces back from his loss with Makachev the way we want him to. Mm. But also, in the same vein, Bulk's going to have his handful if we see a hungry Tapuria coming in there. Yeah. Hungry, nothing to lose. Like, get in there, try yeah. and dethrone Bulk. So, yeah. Don't know how to take the trash talk. Not much of a trash talker. Looks a little funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> what was <laughs> really cool, like, I don't know if you ended up seeing it, but um, Bulk did the, did an interview with Ariel Hawani and I just, I really rate the guy. Like, yeah, he's Aussie and we defend him because of that reason, but he's also just a top bloke. Like he was saying, yeah, I, I don't care that you saw me at my most vulnerable after the fight. And yeah, usually after someone gets knocked out in, in such a fashion, usually you won't see them at the post-fight interview, but he was there and he's like, yeah, I don't care that you saw me at my most vulnerable. Those were real emotions. And now he's, he kind of explained why he did talk to fight on short notice, kind of explained the emotions that he was going through. And now he's back in the camp. One, it made him like, he's such a down to earth guy. And I hope the best for him. I really, really hope that he's going to come back like he did it against his previous, after his previous loss to, to Islam. And I think he's going to show up to Puria. I'm still going to stand by that. I know that he lost in a pretty mm. convincing fashion against Makachev, but I think we're going to see Volk again. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, he's not fighting a lightweight on short notice. You know, Volk. Yeah. Volk is the best champion that division's had. Yeah. And so it's going to be good, man. Yeah. We, yeah. We're going to see. We're going to see a fight. We're going to see a Volk that turns up. Hell yeah. Well, that is it. That is all the UFC news and fights that we have to talk about. We got there. <laughs> the end, we got Rob. there. It took five five takes, but we got there. I've, oh, I'm going to have such a hard time editing this episode, but it's okay because, Rob, game news, GTA 6, trailer just dropped. Biggest news, this trailer has like 114 million views at the time of this recording, something ridiculous. It broke the record on YouTube for the most views on a video in the first 24 hours. What did you think of the GTA 6 trailer? We've got to talk about it. Mate, <laughs> I am so for it. I am yeah. so pumped up like i watched it literally just now yeah and mate it looks sensational it looks sensational it's everything you want in a gta game and more yeah. and like they they divine they defined a genre yeah you know a game series of legend now at this point and as soon as i saw those dudes throwing cash on the strippers i was like mate <laughs> take, my, take all my money please yeah. take take it all it's just <laughs> It's it looks so good, dude. It looks like you're going to be able to either have male or female point of views, yeah. or it's going to be like in five where you can shift left mm. and right. Like you'll shift between perspectives, mm -hmm. which looks wild. There's like you can't tell how much because of the video or and how much is like actual game footage. Yeah, but it looks like they're like making the city even more real, and mm. the cities were already like a league ahead of their genre of, of games today, but yeah. it looks like they're taking it another notch. It, it mm. looks, it looks amazing. And I think the hype is well-deserved. Yeah. That's always the question, right? Is after you see a trailer like this, um, that's rendered in it. It's not CGI. It's rendered in engine, but how is that going to look to the actual gameplay? So apparently there was mm. an ex dev, uh, from rockstar. He came out and said, the game's actually going to look like this. He doesn't work there anymore. He doesn't really need to say anything or do anything or defend the game or whatever. Mm. But he was pretty confident that, yeah, this is what the game is actually going to look like. It's going to look like this trailer. If it gets even close to the trailer, Rob, it might just be the best-selling video game of all time. The only thing against that is the fact that it's not coming out on PC straight away. 
that's the only thing. Like Rockstar is doing its thing. It's coming out on Xbox and PS5 in 2025. So we're still a fair, like over a year away at least. But we have no idea when the PC version is coming. And that's going to prevent sales, obviously. It's still going to be a huge game. But it's unfortunate for, for PC players mm. like you and I. It is. But, mate, it's great for the console developers because I'm going to buy another one. <laughs> <laughs> that, I don't, that I don't have to share with my kids and to play it because it it looks, yeah, it, mate, they've never let us down. They never. haven't. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You know, <laughs> never. And I don't think they're going to start now because they, they know the recipe. It ain't broke. Yep. You know, it ain't broke. They, they know the recipe. They know what we want. They've already mm-hmm. done Vice City before. Yeah. You know, they're just making it better. It's. And the story of five was unbelievable, dude. It was mm. such a good game. It's it's still one of the highest selling games today. <laughs> dude, every week, every week, because we in Australia we have this uh, video game association who I used to work for. Actually, they publish like physical sale numbers for for the video games industry every week. Still to this day, GTA Five is still <laughs> somehow getting in the top three consistently. It's insane, yeah. bro. Like this guy, who doesn't Dude. have the game at this stage? Bloody hell. Yeah, it's unreal. It's unreal. So let's I'm see so what sorry. happens with that. I cannot wait to see more of GTA 6, but it's going to be a, a, a fair while away at this stage. Rob, the next thing that we have to talk about is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. This is a new game by Ubisoft based on the Avatar universe. It is releasing, I believe... It's already released today and perhaps in the next few hours for, for the US. It might already be released by the time you watch this. Mm. Reviews have come out. Uh, it's rated 69 on average as a, as a top critic score on Open Critic. And we can kind of blend into what we're watching, playing, and reading because Ubisoft did send me an early copy of the game and I've been playing a little bit of it. It feels very much like... Did you ever play Far Cry Primal back in the day? Mm. No, I think I played Far Cry 4. Yeah, Far Cry Primal is the one. Like, you're back in the you're with bows and arrows, and it was very, very survivalist, and, and you're like a hunter or whatever. Mm. This game very much feels like that, but based in the, in the Avatar universe. I would say that a 7 out of 10, which is the rough score, is probably bang on. It is such a gorgeous-looking game. It runs really, really bloody well. Um, it's very cool mechanics with, like, cooking and and crafting and you feel like you are a navi in this avatar universe and i would say if you are a fan of the avatar se- like movies then you would absolutely be home at this but the gameplay loop the mechanics the combat pretty simplistic and i think it's not really reinventing the wheel with anything i think i don't i don't think you would in, in, enjoy the game i just don't think it's up your alley and the story wasn't really catching on with me all that well but I still mm. like. I, I might. I might still finish it because I haven't completely finished it yet. Um, but Rob, is this game? Mm. Is this going to be a game that you give a go? Well, I can't wait till the end of this episode because I'm going to go out there and show my son. He's been waiting. He's oh, really? Been waiting. Yeah, he has been waiting since he watched the the second movie. Oh, and nice. He, he's on a froth. I'm going I'm to make his day now. So thanks for the. The brown, the, the the brownie points, right? <laughs> but in terms of me, I I don't gen, generally I don't like games that are based on movies, like yeah. just period ish. Like unless yeah, there's differences, I don't like knowing what happens and what's going on, right? Yeah. But also, don't like the Navi's, dude. I I get like, what you mean. I understand what you say. I. I <laughs> I am a pure human supremacist. <laughs> I think I think we needed resources, dude, and we were going to get them. And it was uh, humans that let us down. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not about that that betraying my race. <laughs> you definitely wouldn't Even like the story the bad, then. <laughs> you Even if we like are it. the bad guys, dude, yeah. we're bad guys together. <laughs> we're the, we're, the, we're the, the human race. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't do that. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I've still got gripes to this day about <laughs> the first Avatar. I haven't seen the second one. 
but I'm I, pretty I sure they don't fix that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it came out so long ago. It's that's like, the problem, right? And the first Avatar movie, really, it was a showcase for the visuals and the graphics at the time. Mm-hmm. That it was a visual yep. masterpiece. Like that was the point of it. Yep. And then we kind of had an okay story. What I would say with with this game, Frontiers of, of Pandora, it's on a new con- continent, so it's not so tied in with what's already ha- happened in the movies, which okay. is good. The devs had a little bit more freedom with that. But if you are an existing fan of Avatar as a movie franchise, as an IP, then I think the game is up your alley. I think you'll have fun. Just don't expect Mm -hmm. it to blow you away. Don't expect it to reinvent the wheel. But if you're not a fan of the movie franchise, I don't think there's anything in there that's actually attracting you to it because it's not like the gameplay is completely awesome. You know what I mean? Mm. Question. Mm. Can I play as a human in a mech warrior and go around shooting things? I, I have not experienced that yet, and I don't think so. I do not think so. <laughs> can can I, I, I you play like from the other side of the fence and come no. in gunships <laughs> and try? <laughs> I think you're missing oh, the dude, point. Have, you are a Navi. Have, That's the whole point. I, I have massive arguments with my wife and her, and her mom and everybody else that loves the Navis. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't do that to people. I go, we can. We're humans. Yeah. That's what we do. You know, like it's us or them. I don't I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> this I game I is not why. for you at all. I'm I glad don't know your why son's going to be such it. a big deal about it. It's like we wanted things, we take things. You know, we're a conquering race. That's what we've done. When we had no one else to fight, we fought each other. That's Yeah, that's but just what happens? What happens when aliens do discover that we exist and they're the ones taking over us because they have the advanced technology and we have yeah, what then, to them are bows and arrows? What happens then? then you go out on your shield, bro. That's it. You're done. <laughs> you just die. <laughs> That's that, yeah, that fighter's mentality the, in you. <laughs> well, you, you live and die by the sword. You can't, you can't go around conquering people and then be upset that you got conquered. That's not how this works. <laughs> Wait, they weren't conquering though. The, the, the Navi weren't conquering. Weren't they just like peaceful little blue aliens on their home? They're not little, they're big. But. Mate, I don't, I don't want to dive into the psych. The, the <laughs> philosophical side of this, right? But if you ain't conquering, you're just waiting to be conquered. Bro. You've already <laughs> stepped on the philosophical line and spat on it. Come on now, you brought <laughs> up, <laughs> dude's got sticks. Throwing, guy's got a bow and arrow, shooting sticks like flying. Like Look, racing it, dinosaurs. His camera froze. Watch this. <laughs> like, we're going to point it out because this is the only way to make it not awkward. Rob, fix your camera. Oh, he- I, c- I can't click the call settings <laughs> while this episode's going. We found we found a a hole a hole in our plan, dude. Oh, it's man. not letting you swap. This is hilarious. 